Hey, I promised. I did. No labor, no Rob Manfred, no Scott Boris, nothing today. We're going to have some fun. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. We're just going to do a lineup. That's it. No snottiness, no sarcasm, just a lineup. Now, that doesn't mean that you won't find this episode to be even more depressing than the norm, but I'm going to go ahead and give it a shot and see how everyone responds to having actual baseball on the docket, at least, you know, mythologically like this. Because the way I see this, there are two possible outcomes. One, the entire season gets bagged, in which case Pittsburgh is going to get a salary cap. Or two, they will eventually have an opening day, right? Okay, see what I mean? Glass half full, the other half of the glass is also full. So here's how this works. We're all Derek Shelton right now. And yes, that means that you have to play the part the whole way and make sure that you have one foot at the top step of the dugout after two and a third, thinking about yanking that starting pitcher. But for this exercise, it's going to be about the lineup. Who do you send out there? Where do you send them? And in what order? And I can already tell you that the part that's the toughest might be the very first. Go ahead. Try it for yourself. Send someone up to the plate. See what happens. Who you got? Brian Hayes? Sounds good. Feels like it's a prestigious, important spot. But if his hand and wrist are all healed again, and he's able to pull the ball again, and he shows that kind of pop again, the way he did from his rookie season, you don't want to be wasting a whole bunch of leadoff home runs. You just don't. I wouldn't have him at leadoff. I'd love the symbolism of it, but I don't feel the productivity of it. Who else? Brian Reynolds? No. Some old school scrappy might steal a base type. Well, never mind that that's about 30 or 40 years outdated. So let's scratch Cole Tucker and Kevin Newman off the list. If you go around the rest of the diamond, which is kind of what you have to do in order to pick your hitters, you got Ben Gamble. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Shows a pretty good eye. He's going to allow you to see some pitches. And he's got, you know, he's got an active bat. Is active a compliment? I think so. He's got an active bat. You're aware of when he's in the lineup for the most part. Now, is he exciting? Uh, I mean, certainly not in the context of franchise building. He's not. But if you put him up there, you're going to get reasonable production. You're going to get a player who is giving you everything he's got. And to repeat, you're utilizing the people you have in the field. You can't just grab them out of the seats. 
and Gamble's absolutely unequivocally going to be a starting outfielder. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Second spot in the order, this is where I'm going to put Hayes. This feels more in tune with the modern uh, analytical thinking that your most productive, most dynamic hitter should go here. Uh, I always think of Joey Votto when I think of a number two Hitter in the order. Votto puts all kinds of pressure on the opposing pitcher. And he's just as likely to find his way to first base via walk as he is to hit one out of that bandbox. No, I don't think Hayes and Votto profile profile all that similarly, but the principle applies. Besides, we we now started off with a little bit of a a left and a right, and I'm okay with that too. Third spot in the order is stamp this in cement. Brian Reynolds, ideally for the next decade and change. Cleanup, almost as easy a choice as Yoshi Tsutsugo. Uh, again, someone who just fits that type in every way. Uh, we saw the power. At times, we saw extraordinary power. In his six weeks in Pittsburgh, we also saw a penchant for driving in runs. And anyone who thinks that's not a real thing, feel free to talk to anybody who's ever participated in baseball at any level. Number five is, oh no, who is number five? I have no idea. There's, there's no clue here. Who could possibly bat fifth in this lineup? The first baseman? And I'm putting that in big parentheses because I don't know that there currently is one. Is your first baseman um, Michael Chavis? Are you okay with that? If so, really? What about O'Neill Cruz? What if he makes the roster? You know what I mean? Right out of whatever constitutes spring training. I don't know that you want to burden him with some significant spot in the top four, but five is a is a nice little consolation prize, right? All right, well, let's put Cruz there, uh, along with hoping that he'll actually be on the team. Six does have to be your first baseman. And now we're getting down to seven, eight, and nine, remembering that nine is still going to be a position player because Yoshi's the DH cleanup. And I've got Kevin Newman at second base, or Cole Tucker, or Hoy Park, or I don't know. This is this is starting to deflate and hurry, isn't it? How about we go with second base, Anthony Alford, who I don't trust, but I'm one thousand percent sure is going to be a starting outfielder on this team. 
will be eighth. And then you have no choice but to put Roberto Perez, uh, who's the catcher, replacing Jacob Stallings in the nine spot because his batting was, oh, wow. I mean, for however great, and I do mean great, his defense remains, dude, can't hit anymore. Could a couple years ago, at least in terms of home runs, but not in any other way. Uh, wow. Maybe maybe on the next episode, we're going to get back to talking about, uh, you know, labor and stuff. When we come back, just one question. Today's comes from Ben Lutrario, who asks, DK, if the Rule 5 draft does still take place this season, who are you protecting and who are you leaving exposed? Ben, I got to tell you, when I saw your question, one of the first thoughts that came to mind was, oh, wait, there are still so many other points of order before anybody throws a pitch. Do you know? For the most part, rosters are about as unsettled as, well, I guess you could say about as unsettled as they would normally be at Christmas time. And yeah, there was a little bit of a push to hurry some processes along, including signings before the lockout. But here we are, and there are tons of players sitting out there unsigned. Now, obviously speaking this to a Pittsburgh audience is <laughs> kind of stupid, but it is probably worth acknowledging, especially after the seven and eight and the nine hitters that I just offered in the opening segment, that there might be, if not an outright cavalry, some other players coming along to compete for these spots. A name that jumps to mind whenever this subject comes up, because we talked about first base and everything else, is Colin Moran. And not so much that they're bringing Moran back. Ben Charrington sent a pretty strong signal that they're not. Uh, just by throwing out the line, uh, the door's always open. Uh, yeah, As soon as your GM says that, that door has just been slammed in your face. Nor am I advocating for Moran to come back. Instead, I'm pointing out here that Charrington got rid of Moran so authoritatively, and he's really not very expensive. And even though he'd already signed Tetsugo, that was never going to be a first baseman, as I correctly predicted at the time. That's going to be a DH. So it felt all along as if someone else is going to be your solution at first base. If they think that's in-house, that'll surprise me, and it'll probably end up disappointing you because I don't see that. I don't feel that. Uh, you could talk about who might be able to play the position, but you'll have a much harder time convincing anyone that they'd be able to hit well enough to be in an infield corner. But to your question, the Rule 5, you know, the one thing that had me nervous about the original Rule 5 unprotected list, and for anybody who doesn't know, there were 
unprotected lists. Those were submitted, and formally so. And the Pirates included Mason Martin on theirs. And I, I didn't get that. This is uh, a young player who in Altoona showed light tower power, or I guess as the case would be up in Blair County, roller coaster power. He hit the ball where most people at that level can't dream of hitting it. And occasionally he'd go through streaks of mashing a bunch of those. Now, did he have a bunch of other issues? Sure, he struck out almost half the time for crying out loud. Is he aware of that? Sure, displays a really, really healthy attitude. Did again just now at the minor league camp that was completed in Bradenton. I don't see the point in forfeiting that commodity, especially since it doesn't seem to be a match for Charrington's own stated goal of fostering high-ceiling talent. Guys that might go completely kablooey, but if they click, you'll really know about it. These types of hitters can really confound baseball people. I'm going to drop a little bit back in time and reference Steve Pierce when he was in the Pirates system, when he was the minor league player of the year, and he had spurts like what we've seen from Martin in the system. And at the same time, all those strikeouts and uh, clumsy or awkward approaches because of that violent, super violent swing of Pierce's would have everyone internally on edge because he doesn't look polished, he doesn't look smooth, and that doesn't necessarily reflect well on development and instruction. Well, I don't need to tell anyone who knows Pierce that he made himself quite a career out of that violent swing. Almost all of it after being discarded by the Pirates. So when you have those guys who can do that, there's no point in throwing them out until you have to. That's what I'm saying. I appreciate the question, Ben. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates today and all week long. And the one consistent thing through this entire situation is that this show will still be here every single weekday. Talk to you then.